The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Campion here with the lovely, the amazing Tracy Thompson, probably one of the most favorite folks uh, on our team when it comes to clients. This lady is magic with her voodoo around getting people that have beliefs and things that are going to hold them back into being super powerful, enjoying their businesses, and showing up the way they need to show up to really grow. That said, today we're going to talk about I think this is going to be one of Tracy and my both favorite subject because this is what we do with our clients, <laughs> drives us nuts. How owners could be talking to you, Clean Nation, uh, or not you. You've got a friend, right? This isn't you. It's a friend. How owners make things complex that do not need to be complex. So business naturally taking complete chaos and finding clients and serving them and paying taxes and just all the things that go into putting it is complex. And somehow as business owners, we're like, I can do better. I can make it more complex still. Let me, is there extra points or bonus or money for like doing it even harder than it needs to be? And surprisingly, there's not. There's actually less points and less money and less everything for making it harder. So what have you, what does that look like from your perspective, Tracy? Business owner, cleaning, owners of cleaning companies making it harder than it needs to be. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many ways that we can muck things up for ourselves and make them more complicated than they need to be. But I would say probably one of the number one ways that I've seen in with our clients when they come in, have all the best intentions and huge vision and big goals. And, you know, they're like, okay, let's do it. And you tell them what to do. You, to, you show them, you give them the systems, all the things they said that they needed, if that was all they needed. And then they overcomplicate it. And the biggest one is by entangling all kinds of problems together at the same time, like one big ball of problems, instead of trying to address one system at a time, one action at a time, one problem at a time, they make a web of problems in their mind. Just so again, mindset is everything. So they attach this problem to that problem to another problem. So they just go on and on. And that makes them overwhelmed and confused. And they don't know where to start because they all seem to be entangled together. So before we get into, we'll just stop doing that, right? Which would be my <laughs> answer. Let's talk about a little why people do that. Because I think if they understand it, they're more likely to be able to see it when they do it. Because no one sets out to do this. No one says, I'm going to take this very simple problem and make it complex. Right. They just show up thinking they're dealing with a very complex problem. So let's A, help understand what that looks like when you're doing it. B, help maybe talk through why they would do it, right? Because it's we never do anything because it doesn't have a benefit. It's got a benefit. Right. It's just, we don't understand the cost associated. And then we only look at the benefit and, you know, the benefit of eating crappy McDonald's now is I'm going to feel excellent for the next seven and a half minutes. And if that's all I think about, I should eat McDonald's all the time, but how I'm going to feel in 20 minutes and how I'm going to look if I do that all day, every day for six months, obviously the cost kind of outweighs. So the reason people typically do that is I got this from uh, one of my coaches named Adrian, I forget her last name, but sweet lady, Adrian Richardson. And she said, bring the data, not the drama. 
So the reason we do that is I don't know. Actually, so I can I know one level down, Tracy. I'm going to have you go two levels down for me because I don't know the second answer. So a lot of times we bring we want to bring the drama, not the data. So I'll say, so someone's got a problem. I can't hire people. You know, let's talk about that. How many applications did you get? Well, you don't understand. No one wants to work in my area. One problem. Um, you know, back in the day with COVID, the people are getting paid to stay home. That's the second problem. Um, I'm afraid that my employees, my customers only want me and they'll fire me if someone else comes. That's the third issue. And they'll stack on three or four different things. When my question was, how many applications did you get? And they don't want to say none or two. They want to start telling the story. So I think the reason we, it's almost like we, I'm going to give my thought, Tracy, and then you can kind of probably put what the truth is around it. Sure. I think if it's as simple as sometimes we remove the drama and just have the data, it's actually kind of obvious. And then we feel stupid, but maybe we're afraid the thing that we're going to have to do if the data really points to it, isn't something we want to do. So we want to wrap ourselves in the data. That's best I can tell, but you're probably, you probably see this a little deeper level. What are your thoughts? Well, there's actually a few components to this. Why, why do we do it? I would say the number one reason we do that is out of habit. I would say we, we are on one hand, we are taught, we are told to be problem solvers and to try to figure things out. And as entrepreneurs, we kind of pride ourselves of being able to see things other people don't see, you know, solve problems other people don't solve. But the challenge is, is that when we're trying to consider everything, that habit of going, well, it couldn't just be one thing. It can't just be one. It's always 20 things. And that's my job is to consider that there must be 20 different things going on. It couldn't possibly be one. So it becomes a habit and more of an emotional habit than you would think. You would think it's just a thinking problem, but somehow emotionally we get we get, quote, rewarded for that, right? It, it activates the part of the, the brain, the reward center part of our brain, a dopamine hit. Every time we go, ooh, I can solve. Why, why solve one problem when you can solve 20 or think mm. that you can, right? And that yeah. becomes a habit. And so we find ourselves addicted to this, to this pattern of always going to, the, it's like the shotgun, right? Going, Oh, wait, hold on. I know this. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And and that makes us, A, makes us feel like we're a big problem solver. It also feeds our ego. You think about it. We're like, there's a lot of reasons why this these people, this business, this team, whatever needs me. Mm-hmm. I must solve all of those problems. And so we get ourselves and our egos and our identity and all that mixed in. And now it's so, it's so patterned. We don't even notice it anymore. Two thoughts. And that's so much better said. I think what Tracy said is so much simpler. I was trying to make it more complex. It's a habit. We get into that habit. Why do we get, get in that habit? habit? Because it feels good. And I, I think you really articulated why it feels good. I was, here's something meta. I was listening to a podcast the other day and you're now listening to me on a podcast. And I'm going to share with you what I heard on that podcast, on this podcast. Um, and I wish I could remember the name of that guy sharing because I was like, I don't like taking credit for other thought processes. But the guy worked for Elon Musk and he said, um, Elon never was wanted to talk about the problem. He was only interested in the solution. So the skill, the habit that Tracy, like Tracy said, we get, he, he noticed he had gotten into 
was we like, it's very safe to analyze the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't have to, there's, we can stay warmly in the soft embrace of our comfort zone and figuring out that it's this, it's that, it's the other, it's the Democrats, it's the Republicans, it's the law, it's my wife, it's, you know, anything but me, we're going to, we're going to get real, we fall in love with the problem, mm-hmm. which is great. If you don't need a solution and we're not in the real world and you're just trying to enjoy a, a Tuesday afternoon, but if you want to solve the problem, you can't spend all that time falling in love. He never was interested in the problem. He's like, what's the solution? Let's start there. And then you can kind of give a brief overview of the problem, but all the multifacets. And I think the way I see it best is I remember when I was a kid and like pre-calculus and you get a test or homework, it'd be like three problems and each problem would be like a page worth of math. Right. And what I always wanted to do when I got one wrong and I was going to the teacher or like a fellow classmate for help would be walk them through my thought process. But the problem is when I'm handholding them through it, they'll miss, they'll make the same stupid mistake I did. Cause I go with a plus B equals C plus D. You know what I'm saying? You just, you walk them through and it seems perfectly, but if I just shut up and give it to them, they could kind of experience it on their own. Right. So we kind of fall in love with the problem. We want to show our work and here's what I said. And like, I'm like, how many applications did you get? Like, but hold on, let me show my work. I did this and I did that. And here's why it won't work and blah, 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 blah. And if you've got a good coach, you're not going to take any of that. Like if I did that to my calculus teacher, you'd be like, I'm not interested in your stupid work. Let me just show you the right work. Right. Um, but if you have a peer that's trying to help me, he might, or she might let me walk through the program and make the same stupid mistake I made. So one, I think the habit comes from we're in love with the problem. Two is that Superman cape feels real good. Hmm. So for those of you guys who've listened to the podcast for all, we've got Tracy and Suzanne and Jared and, and, um, uh, Jackson, yeah. rest, rest, rest in peace. He's not dead. He just, wants, <laughs> he just got a better job. Um, and now Cal, we've got all this team of people. And if I wanted to feel like the smartest guy in the universe, it would just be me on the podcast. And, or if I had Tracy, it would just be her saying, good job, Mike, you're a genius to all my ideas, which maybe she would do. I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably have to pay her more. <laughs> um, but I could put on my Superman cape and you guys could come to me and I could solve all the problems which is great if every time there's a problem, I want one of you, my clients or employees to call me. It feels great for the first 62,000 times. But if and when you want to go take a vacation, I can leave this company completely under Tracy and Suzanne and they're great. They're amazing. Earmuffs Tracy is just between me and the audience. They're smarter than I am, right? And I could say, everyone shut up and sit down and listen to my brains and we get one thought, which is pretty good. I'm a smart guy, but Tracy's got some perspectives that this business desperately needs. And so does Suzanne and so does Jared. So I could feel great. Everyone shut up and listen to me. God forbid I take a vacation and we're very limited to my dumb little perspective that ain't going to get me. It's only going to get me so far, or I can go to hell with that. I want a vacation. I want the best outcome. And we're going to get Tracy and sometimes she'll hit and miss. And sometimes I'll hit and miss and we need Jared to save us or vice versa. So I think it's just a lot of feeling good. I'm in love with the problem, which is safe. I'm in love with people calling me and knocking out problems and solving them. This is all safe. So anything to add on where we're at before we talk about how we change behavior and kind of, I don't want to say solve this, but be more effective. Yeah. Being complicating things also gives us, and this is more subconscious, but I will say it's a factor gives us an excuse Mm. not to move forward faster, not to take bigger risks, because if we can justify, and I'm using air quotes, people justify why I shouldn't be, you know, doing the one thing that I know I should be doing because I've got 20 reasons or problems that still need to be solved first, then I don't really have to put myself out there. I don't have to really make progress. I don't have to really own that next level of growth. 
And that's a big one. I, that's, that's a hard pill for a lot of owners to swallow because they have fallen in love with all those problems and all those complications. And the reality is there's just fear underneath there that's manifesting in that habit of constantly complicating things. Gosh, she said so many good things. Habit. Yes. Fear. Yes. Yep. All that spot on. So obviously this is wildly unfair because we get clients for nine weeks at a minimum, sometimes years. And Tracy gets to work with them one-on-one over a long period of time. This is a 20 minute conversation, one to many where we can't interact. So go ahead, Tracy, help everyone make that, that transformation that we give people one-to-one over a large span of time, make it for everybody today, 20 minutes, one to many, go ahead. I'll, I'll relax and listen. Oh, uh, where to start? So I would say the, for the, here's the, here's the truth for everybody. We have to come to a higher level of awareness first. We have to observe ourselves. We have to at least notice that this is a pattern for us. So the next time you have one thing. So let's use a real life example. This will be easy. So we talk to our clients all the time about their hiring funnel, their hiring funnel. There are many steps in the, in the hiring funnel, but each one is actually very simple data. There's data at the core. And you started off by saying they bring the drama, all the problems and all the reasons and everything for one piece of data. So for instance, first thing, how many applications are you getting? There can be so much. Now, if you ask yourself that, how many applications are you getting? Just, you know, if that, that's a thing that you do, hire people. Notice all the stories that come up. Notice how many things that your, your mind wants to go to. Oh, I tried that once. Oh, I did this. Well, you don't understand. It was my Indeed account. I've got this. Uh, it's my area. Nobody wants to work here. I've got... Just notice where your mind goes. And when you start, start tuning into all those problems, that stories that are right around the one thing and you can't answer the question because you're too busy with 20 different other topics, you know that that's, you have to become aware of it first. Yes. Let me add one level of complexity because I'm guessing 80% of the people out there that aren't clients um, that don't have that number. Truth be told, they go, so they'll make a bunch of excuse. What they'll say is exactly what you said, Tracy. Right. Well, I'm not hiring right now. That's a big one. Well, I'm not hiring right now, which is funny because most of the time they'll, me saying how many applications did you get last month is immediately preceded by the biggest problem in my business is I don't have enough employees. So I'll say, <laughs> great. How many applications? Like, well, I'm not hiring right now. So if you put that together, obviously there's a little insanity, right? <laughs> and for all of you guys out there, I just want to, cause I know what you're thinking. I've talked to you a couple of times. A lot of you, what you really mean is I don't know, Mike, I don't track that. And I'm really embarrassed right. and I don't want to admit it to myself and I'm embarrassed. So perfect example of making too complex of a problem or a very simple problem, too complex. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, and just, it sounds like nothing's been accomplished, but actually we've moved quite a bit forward. If this is a conversation I'm having with you or if virtually we're having it, you can at least see how this goes. One, just a question. So by the way, if I, my, my first call with any client that are not client, but prospect is what's the biggest thing not working, right? So mm -hmm. you can ask that without me, right? <laughs> if it has something to do with clients, the next question I would ask is, 
how many applications or sorry, uh, well, if it's clients, I'd say how many leads did you get last month? And if it's um, employees, that'd be how many applications. Right. And if your answer is, well, I'm not hiring, look how far you've gotten without any coaching, just by <laughs> two or three simple questions. Look how far you've got. Well, I should start hiring, right? And if you're like, well, I am hiring, but I want to make a bunch of drama stories because I don't know how many I'm, how many applications I've got. Right answer is, okay, well, I guess I should count that. So we're not going to make two problems. We're not going to make it more complex. So now, right. not only do I have the employee problem, but on top of that, I have this, I don't even know, I didn't have any, I, I'm not hiring. I've got an employee problem. That's one problem. I'm not hiring. That's another problem. Apparently I'm supposed to track some crap and I don't even know what that is. That's a third problem. And applications, I'm not tracking that. That's a fourth problem. We could just go, we really just have the one problem we have to solve right now. We don't have to solve all that right now. So knowing employees, not having employees, our first is our first is our biggest issue. Problem solved. Just knowing it. Okay, great. Well, what's next? Well, what's next? I should try and get the right data to find out what the problem is. Okay, good. Check that box. That's not a problem either. Um, no offense to myself, but you probably could have come up with some version of how many people did I talk to about the job last month, whether it's an application or an interview. Maybe you would have tracked interviews, not bids or applications or vice versa. Who cares, right? You could have probably come up with a pretty good standard of if I want some people, I should probably track how many applied, how many I, I spoke with in an interview. Glad to help you clarify that thinking, but no offense to me. You don't need my big brain. You can sort that out on your own. So really the only problem we're running into is I don't track applications or either I'm not hiring. Great. Start hiring. Or I'm hiring, but I, I don't track applications. Or I got so many and I didn't follow up with them because I got overwhelmed because there was too many of them. Okay. Well then follow up with them. So we don't have to kind of tack on all these problems incrementally getting worse. We just pick the last problem. And if we solve that, often some of the problems upstream will, will solve themselves. Am I, is that, what are you talking to me, Tracy? Absolutely. Perfect. So you can't solve 20 problems at once. You just can't. And so, so often in my workshops and in my coaching with our clients, I have them break it down. They all know this process. We go, let's, all let's right. do it together. You coach. Yes. Let me, let me be, as opposed to explaining it all. I've done this well enough. I can do it in my sleep. So Tracy, my biggest problem is I, I, I don't, I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning too much. You're cleaning too much. Okay, great. Are you hiring? No, because I hired last time I hired, they quit. And you know, I got like a hundred applications. They all like nobody wants to work in my area, Tracy. Okay. So no, you're not hiring. See, write her down, our kids, pay attention to the coaching. And, but with a real client, we'd go in that, we'd take that circle around dumb guy park three more times, but I'm, we're going to abbreviate for the podcast. No, Tracy, I'm not hiring, Got <laughs> but it. I should, but now that we talk, I guess I should be. Okay. So but our, Tracy, how do I, I can't help it. I got to go one, one uh, more, one more lab around any park, but Tracy, how can I hire? I don't have any employees. So even if I did hire somebody, I don't have the work. So, and if I get the work now, I can't hire. So I, I, I don't even know what to do. Totally understand. So it starts with deciding, are you going to hire? Are you deciding to hire or not? Well, I want to, but I don't have the work for them. Got it. Are you going to hire or not? Figure out how in a minute. I love the, <laughs> she put me in a corner because I want to say again, I can't, but she won't give me that. So I'm like, fine. Against my better judgment, I will hire and get out of cleaning and, and I'll reach my goals that I've always wanted. Fine, Tracy, I'll hire. Great. All right. So right off the bat, we notice that, and I say this to everyone, 
they want to talk about the 10 different reasons or, but you have to answer this first, but that we need to figure out the why or the how, the what, all of that first before they make a decision. And, and something that simple, believe it or not, as simple as saying to yourself, if you, even if you're not talking to someone else, I don't stand in the mirror and talk to yourself, like, ask yourself decision questions. Am, am I deciding to hire someone? Yes or no, right? It, because we got sucked into, but how? And oh my gosh, you don't, you don't understand. I tried this. I've, we'd be down the path and we would never make that decision. So right off the bat, Mike, I think most people don't even have the clarity of decision yet. And that is so huge. If you're on the fence, if you're back and forth and you're not, you haven't even, you're not even sure if you're going to do something, why would you try to solve the 20 steps ahead? Such a good point. That you're already in. And that's what happens. We get those questions. But what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I'm like, what, what does that matter if you're not going to do it? So here's how that typically looks. And I love the hiring because it's so common. Yeah. And I love how you said it, Tracy. It made it so crystal clear in my mind. There is going to be a set of what if questions. So either, so let's be clear. We think we're putting off making a decision. You are not. I'm going to put off making that decision. Guess what? That was a decision-making statement, right? right so right. you have just made a decision and the decision has not been to put it off because by default, I'm what I'm really saying is I'm deciding to continue doing what I've been doing, which guarantees I will continue getting what I've been getting. So I've made that. And we don't want to say that. We come to the coaches going, I clean hundred hours a week and my business sucks and I don't see my kids and it's miserable and I want out. And we prescribe something to change your life. And they go, I have to think about that, that you have just made a decision, which is I'm deciding, I say, I'm going to think about it because that sounds politically correct, but equally true or probably closer to the truth or more accurate description of the truth is I'm going to continue doing exactly what I've been doing and get exactly what I've been getting under the guise of thinking about it. Cause guess what? If I do think about it, well, then what am I still going to go for you now? What? Right. Um, and by the way, if you just spent time with a coach getting clear on your pain and what needs to happen and whatever, and you don't make a decision, then the likelihood you're gonna make it later gets infinitely smaller. So we think we're being smart, but really we're doing more of what we did. And now we want to get something different. And the problem is, is that thinking you think you're going to be doing is the exact circular patterned thinking that got you stuck in the first place. This is our whole point. Thinking more about it in the same way that you've been thinking about it is the problem. That yeah, you can't, is the problem. I can't, I forget who says it. You probably remember Tracy. You can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created the problem. Einstein. Is that Einstein? All right. Yeah. Quoting smart guys now. So <laughs> the reality is a better way to think about this, a more accurate way, a more effective way is, okay, if me saying I'm going to think about it, which is super makes me feel better, but it really doesn't move me forward. If we can agree, that really means I'm deciding to do exactly what I've been doing until I quote unquote, think about it, which could mean anything for any amount of time. But until I do something different, even thinking about it, that's still not, even if I decide to do something different later, it's like the best day to start a diet is tomorrow, unless you want to lose weight in which tomorrow will never work. Right. So the best day to change your, to get out of cleaning is tomorrow, unless you actually want to get out of cleaning and then tomorrow's never going to work. So 
assuming it's to, so now assuming I've made a decision, that decision yes. to keep doing what I've been doing or do whatever right. we think I can get away from all of these outcomes or these consequences if I think about it, but we cannot. So the reality, and you said it so perfectly, Tracy, there's a bunch of what ifs. So what if I keep cleaning? My business won't grow. I'll be miserable. I won't see my kids. I'll keep hurting my body. I'll keep self-identifying as a cleaner. Every minute I go to clean, I'm reinforcing that bad habit. And I'm telling you, we get people that have been cleaning for 20, 30, 40 years. They are so hard to help. Mm. Not because they're dumber, not because they have any less. They just beat that identity into themselves. So it's very frustrating. So we don't ask ourselves that question. We go, the cost of making a decision is I have to step out of my comfort zone. But what we forget to go, the cost of staying the same is the cost of staying the same. So it's not well, if I, cause you put my back against the wall, Tracy goes, so are you going to decide yeah. to stop you gonna, today? And I'm like, well, if that's my only decision, then right. I have to, yes, I'm going to decide. So you eliminated me really being able to go, but let me explain all the reasons I have to keep cleaning. Cause you're like, I don't care about that. Are you gonna make it? You, I knew I was going to make a decision. You forced it. And I'm like, well, if my only options are cleaning or not cleaning, I don't want to clean anymore. So then all of the, what ifs about cleaning. Right. Right out the window. What? Why would I even count it? I have no time for them. To what end? To to make myself crazy? So that's. I'm, I don't feel like I'm articulating it well, Tracy, but I, I'm seeing it. You did you did such a good job of making it clear. Yes. So it's so what you're saying is that in when we are in the space of indecision, meaning we're still quote thinking about it, we're thinking about all the which is deciding million. to do what we've been doing. Sure, so, but, but it's not a decision. It's continuing. We don't think change. of it that way. Right. Well, that's, that's what I'm trying to beat that into right. the listener's mind. So they don't think there's this, there's deciding A or B or neither, like neither is deciding whatever you're doing, right? Like every day I don't decide to divorce my wife. I've made a decision to keep <laughs> marrying her. If I'm single every day, I don't decide to ask someone to marry me. I decide to be single. There's, there's no state of indecision. You're just deciding to go with the flow or with whatever you're doing. And if, by the way, the flow is taking you where you want to go, God bless, go get it. The only thing that drives me nuts is when the flow is taking me, I desperately want to be married, but how many dates have you gone on? How many women have you had a conversation with? How many, whatever, none. Well, then we got a question if I really, and I'm like, I'm going to think about it. Well, then (laughs) then I really don't want to be married, which is fine. It's just, if I tell myself my biggest problem is I want X, but my behaviors all go Y at some point, either I'm insane or I got to start rethinking my, my, all right, I'm done ranting. Tracy interrupted. We're so fired up. Go ahead. So I want to make this simple since we're talking about simplifying. I want to make this simple for everybody. I want to give, I want you to give yourself your own example ask yourself the question, what is the one thing that would make the biggest impact in my business if I did it and I've been thinking about it and I haven't decided and I'm spinning around and whatever up until this point, I want you to think about that one thing. If it's hiring, great. If it's, if it's getting more clients, fine. If whatever it is, hold that in your thoughts right now. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I deciding consciously, intentionally right now to do that thing or to stop doing that thing could be something that you need to stop doing, but am I deciding today, right now? And, and if you're saying to yourself, I don't know, I'm going to think about it. That is a decision as of today, right now, we're telling you that is a decision, but if you decided, okay, I am going to get out of cleaning for good. I'm going to stop doing that. So I am going to hire this where we started with the example. I am going to hire 
before your monkey mind goes crazy and starts dragging you down the path of 20 different reasons why you can't do it, immediately take an action towards one step towards doing the thing that you just decided. Never leave the scene of a breakthrough or a decision without taking an action, period, period. And this is what I do with our clients every day. As I, the second they say, I've decided, yep, Tracy, okay, I'm going to hire. I'm going to hire cleaners. Great. What's the first next step you're going to take? And they start going, well, I don't know. No, no, no. What's the first next step? And you know what's funny? They always know the answer. And you do too, Clean Nation. You just haven't allowed yourself to settle calm the monkey mind long enough with a decision and then asking yourself the first next step. And if you just do that, that alone, that will start breaking that old pattern. We were talking about that. Interrupt the pattern. You've got to get into a new direction, new motion. So I know that's, you know, just the beginning, but that's a very simple version, very simple way to start right now. And we've had so many conversations with so many cleaning company owners out there that really wanted to make that decision, make a decision for themselves to change their business. And they got in their own head and complicated it to the point where they didn't make that decision. And Unfortunately, they're probably, uh, we see it too often. They're exactly where they started when they talked to us six months ago, a year ago, sometimes years ago, right, Mike? That is so powerful. I would encourage you to do that. I know a lot of you guys like to kind of binge listen to these podcasts, which is great. But as much as I want you to the downloads and listen and us to be rich and famous, I would so rather you listen to one podcast ask yourself, okay, what's the one thing I want to change? Okay. What am I one committed to one thing I'm committed to change? And what's the one thing I'm going to do? And before you listen to 27 other podcasts to get more information with no action, right. do that action. Um, and it can just be a little thing. And by the way, right. give yourself permission. As soon as you make that decision, I'm going to clean all the, well, the, all the, the employees won't want this or the customers will want that. Or I hired a guy and he stole something out because none of that matters if we're going to clean. So, when JFK said, we're going to the moon, mm -hmm. there's no answer to be like, well, the moon's far and people will die. Like we, and while you're making that decision, we can have all of the, well, here's the cost to go to this could be expensive and people might die. And the, fine. As we're making that decision, we can play that game. But once we go, we're going to the moon, all the things, the risks of going to the moon, we're going to talk about because we've already decided. So once you decide all the fears you have about getting out of cleaning, building a funnel, building a million dollar business, all the, 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 no, that's not going to work, go away. So that's while we're decision-making, which should be quick, we can entertain those thoughts. But once Tracy put me against the wall, fine, are you going to clean or not? Once I decided I'm going to not clean, we'll stop beating myself up about cleaners. And if I decided I was going to keep cleaning because it's too hard, then stop teasing myself with, I'm going to build this big company because I'm not, I'm just going to be a cleaner. And that's fine if that's what I want. Okay. Cleaning nation, um, two, two types of you, little quick tease. Some of you have been through our program, Tracy and I, and the entire team are doing a completely uh, free for alumni event. That's going to be exactly about how to uncomplicate things and make it easier 
reach out to support at growmycleaningcompany.com if you're an alumni and they'll, they'll give you the information on how to attend that completely free just for alumni because we love giving to our people. Um, if you that's not you and you're like, well, I need help. I haven't gone through yet. How do I I want that? Um, what's the best way? Just give me a text. What's my text number? Hold on, I got to look it up. Shoot me a text at- Keep it as simple. Yeah, 602-932-6431. Say, listen to that podcast. I've decided I want to change my life. What do I do? Give me some help. Um, that 602-932-6431. I personally respond to that. Um, that's it. So we're going to leave you with this. If you've made a decision, take action. Whatever that action is, please don't listen to another podcast before you do something. And that decisiveness is really what's going to serve you. Appreciate you, Clean Nation. Talk soon. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can, as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.